tonight we had Dynamite, Episode 6. But it wasn't just Episode 6. It was the go-home show for Full Gear this coming Saturday. And... Um, it certainly was a show. I'm not sure how, how hyped it got me for Full Gear. How about you, Jeff? Um, I guess if you haven't been following the storylines, it kind of fell flat. Uh, but also, but otherwise, I thought for anybody that has watched the first five weeks, it was a perfect go-home show. And I was thinking about it during the show. One thing you and I have complained about forever is the fact that we see the matches leading up so much in, in you know, th- uh, three-way matches and triple uh, and uh, um, trios matches and tag team matches and then one-on-one matches that by the time we get to the pay-per-view we have no interest in actually seeing the match i'm thinking back is there anybody other than pock or pack as jr was corrected and um adam page that we've seen on aew tv on dynamite at all I'm sorry, what was the question? Nobody has, uh, like, we've always complained about how, uh, you know, when it's Randy Orton versus John Cena, we see them in tag matches and triple threat matches, and, you know, they're always constantly battling each other, so by the time they get to their pay-per-view match, we don't care anymore because we've seen it for four straight weeks. Okay. Other than Pac and Paige, I don't think we've seen any of these pairings that are going to be on the pay-per-view in at all on AEW TV. I mean, we saw Lucha Brothers versus SCU, but they were smart by adding the triple threat and putting Private Party in there. Other than that... Tag, that we also saw a tag match that featured Omega versus... Uh, uh, Moxley. Moxley. But that was... Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. And we did just see Riho versus that chick with a mustache. Sakamura. What the hell was that? <laughs> Did nobody know. tell her that that was a bad idea? Or it's Emi Sakura. Emi Sakura. It, that was... The mustache was a little much. I don't care if she thinks she's Freddie Mercury. The mustache was a little much. Yeah. I don't know. I actually enjoyed the show. I thought the show, show did well. I thought Cody's uh, promo was on point and, and right up there with every other promo that we've seen. Um, you know, last week we were, we were going off on the, um, on the, oh, Jesus, Moxley promo. And then the week before we were going off on the Kenny Omega promo or not, I'm sorry, not Kenny, but, uh, Jericho. And I thought Cody's was on par with both of those. Oh yeah. Cody's, Cody's promo was awesome. Um, and you know, he, he said during the promo that, you know, the big announcement that he made for that, for the show was that if he, um, you know, if he, if he loses, he will never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. Which is and the worst possible foreshadowing. I hate when they do those stipulations. Well, though, so so that means that he's either going to win the championship, which I think he should, being the fact that he, that Chris Jericho is, is going to be in one of the main events of Wrestle Kingdom, and he, and there is no partnership between the two promotions. Right, um, and there's not they're not going to get any hype from it. So I, you know, why have your champion on that show? Um, especially when Nick Jackson came out this week and said there is never going to be a partnership between NJPW and AEW. Right. Um, did you see that? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, I mean, and for those of you who didn't see it, he basically said that, like Jeff and I have said for the last couple, for the last year, that NJPW never valued it, um, Young Bucks enough, and, and Nick came out and confirmed it, and, you know, said that basically because of that, and because of the fact that they didn't do the deal when they could have on January 5th of last year, that is just not going to happen. Um, well, Kenny Kenny came out in an interview not too long ago and pretty much said the same thing. Okay, I missed, about, I missed the Kenny uh, one. There was a, there, not that there wouldn't be a partnership, but somebody asked him if, um, you know, he was going to be a part of Wrestle Kingdom, and he basically, in his own Kennyisms, said, absolutely not, it'll never happen, and I don't want to be. Uh, right. So he's, I mean, he's actually, he actually said that he that he's done. He can't imagine going back to NJPW because he's done everything that there is to do in NJPW, which is I mean, true. You know, basically, what, the, the one the one thing that he could do in NJPW would be to have, you know, an, an actual feud against Kota Ibushi. Other than that, there really it's isn't not anything. worth it. And and does he yeah. really want to do that? I mean, do they really want to have, you know, a feud between him and him and his Golden Lover? You know, probably not. No, and I mean, but to me that was when he had that interview and I, I want to say it was like a month, a month and a half ago or something like that. When he had that interview to me, that was him closing the door on NJPW. Yeah, he, no, he did for sure. But, but, it, you know, I didn't know, I didn't necessarily know that that was closing the partnership idea, but, um, and, and NJPW, honestly, you know, I think the ring of honor, I think the ring of honor partnership has basically fizzled away, but I, but I right. think that really the, the smart move for them Considering that Impact is now on on Access along with them is for an Access and NJPW partnership if they can get past the whole, you know what what the former um, owners of Impact did with um, oh my god with Okada and Tanahashi when they were yeah I and I think they can I mean it, it's a completely different ownership so we'll see where that goes but as far as this show goes I, well, there was so regime for completely different regimes for both for both promotions actually. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as this show, kind of trying to keep it back on track here, I actually really enjoyed this show. You're trying to back on track. Well, you said you were going to be distracted, so it was my turn to lead the charge. So buckle up, everybody. This is going to be entertaining. <laughs> um, a train wreck, I, or both. Well, every show we do is a train wreck, dude. That's what <laughs> makes it. That's what makes it so good. This is the. Our show is the absolute highest order of ADD. It is all over the map. But back to this show, I there were two things that kind of really stuck out to me. Um, one, the fact that we didn't get the feuds that are going to be blown off at AEW really driven in or at uh, full gear really drew ground. They had promo work, one-off match here and there. That was a tag. I mean, we saw Moxley every week, but it wasn't Moxley versus Omega wrestling every week. So what they're going to do at the pay-per-view is going to be something I've never seen before. It didn't get driven down our throat. You have to wait, you know how we see the weapons every week, but they've always kept found a way to stop the, those weapons from actually coming. You know, when we actually see them, you know, interact with with the barbed wire bat and the barbed wire broom. It'll really be for the first time. Yeah, exactly. And they did they did a good job expe- uh, with pa- Pack and Page too of keeping those two separated. And and tonight I thought the Pack run in was the perfect way to fire that up again and make it like 
a bigger blood feud than it really is because he came in and, you know, ended his chance at children and then cost him the match on top of it. <laughs> you know, so I, I just felt like the whole, everything we've seen since Double or Nothing and everything we've seen since they have debuted on AEW TV has been a home run. I mean, there's always going to be weak spots in an episodic television show. There's going to be some down spots. There's going to be some uh, shows that you don't really mesh with. But all in all, the six shows that we've seen have been outstanding and just outstanding to- storytelling. They've gotten the right guys, the right amount of heat and and spotlight. I just I feel like they are firing on all cylinders and everything they're doing is a home run at this point. You know, um I'm just going to say this because it's in the top of my head right now, and, and he was in the main event tonight. But, you know, you and I have lamented the fact that um, Sammy Guevara came in as, you know, as, as the best ever instead right. of coming in as his Mr. Moneysworth character. But I think the whole, the new moniker where it's, they call him the Spanish God. Right. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I like that too. Over in a big way. And I, and I like the fact that JR is still. <sighs> so out of touch <laughs> i him calling the urinagi the rock bottom which i mean it technically is to a point except it's not there's a different release point there's a different setup but for him to call the urinagi a rock bottom and then to have tony shivani agree with really just dated those two well yeah i mean he called it the rock bottom or he said he said it's like a rock bottom in that and uh yeah, and, and Tony said, "Yeah, it is," and uh, Excalibur said, "Yeah, kind of." Yeah. But it, I mean, the it, rock bottom is technically a version of the Uranagi. Right. It's just a you know he flattens out, he lays out, you know he goes the rock goes all the way to the mat, and there's a different setup to it. And but the Uranagi, yeah, it is essentially a rock bottom, just not a full fledged rock bottom. The rock, the rock took the basically like a diamond cutter or a RKO or anyone that does a cutter for a finisher. They took it, they took a basic move and made it their own. And that's what The Rock did with the Uranagi. Yeah. And, and then what, and then what uh, Book, Booker T did with, with the bookend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were essentially the same move, but they made it their own. They took the Uranagi and made it their own. Right. So, and I, and I love the fact that in the beginning of the match, uh, JR got corrected with the, where he called him Pac, and then he goes, oh, wait, no, Pac. <laughs> I guess he's pack now. So I guess we're back. He is now pack again. Yeah. He's been packed for six weeks. He now says pack it all out, remember? Or what? Is he pock everywhere else? Yeah, he's pock everywhere. I'm so confused by all this. It's just, can we just get along? I, I, I really think that the reason why he's not called pock is because they don't want to confuse it with, with uh, X pock. That's possible for the U.S. audience. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. Okay, I that does make sense. As far as the matches go, again, I felt like we're getting an NJPW style show with an American twist. I thought all the matches were done phenomenally. I love the time that these guys get to tell stories. That tag match with um you know private party and dark order was just done to perfection they had so much time to tell their story and even that first match with uh brett trent and uh and pack pock whatever he's called 
was um, they had so much time to actually tell a story that you don't normally see. You know, they kept the show to uh, four or five matches again, which is the perfect layout for that. It, it 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 just lends to better storytelling and better overall wrestling, and it's something I really really like. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's really good stuff. And uh, and I and I you know, you and I talked about the first episode of NXT um, when when it debuted on uh, USA, and, right. and I'm just I'm just going to compare the two because it's, you know they are the Wednesday Night War shows. But, you know, th- that first episode, it ended with that huge brawl that, you know, you and I both thought was just, like, completely manufactured, inorganic, all that stuff, right? Right, right, but yeah. But this one ends with that huge brawl where everything felt completely organic because it was all things that tied into each other that had that's been happening over the last six weeks. Like you said, if you've been paying attention, everything that happened in that brawl at the end of the show made sense. Except also, for one thing. And, the well, only let, thing that... Let me finish first. So, and, okay, and also, right. it was foreshadowed at the, at the, for the, by the opening of the show with Cody's promo, where, I don't know if you caught this, Jeff, and, and you know, you being the old school fan that, that, you, know, that you are and that I, and that I am, um, Cody said, when the inner circle finally meets the elite, it will be yep. a match beyond. Yep. So yep, I caught that. And and what has the match beyond always been? After the bell. What? Are you, you are the war games? War games. Yeah. So, to me, to me, that battle royal at the end kind of like you know, kind of like set the sides. You know what we're what we're gonna see at, um, at full gear is gonna gonna set up. You know, is gonna set things up even more. And we're not gonna get war games in AEW because it's owned by. Um, WWE and the um, and the you know the war chambers in MLW. What I think we might get is is some kind of a tag team, some kind of a team version of Bunkhouse Stampede. I would like to see if they're going to do it. Um, yeah, I guess you're right, Bunkhouse Stampede. That would be the best with it. But is MJF now officially a member of the Elite? It sure seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, they, because he's, never, he, he's not been officially announced as a member. So I would, no, I wouldn't say he's officially a member, but he might be like, um, remember how the Hart Foundation had like Brian Pillman? He was never actually officially announced as a member of the Hart Foundation. I think but he was that. a member of the Hart, but he was the member of the Hart Foundation. Right. I mean, just people just related it. Um, yeah, that would make sense. Um, the one thing about that brawl at the end that didn't make any sense to me was um, Santana Ortiz attacking Moxley. Oh, right. That was the one. And that's possible. But we're trying to get over this feud between Omega and Moxley, and obviously Omega's the face in this. Um, But for them to come out and attack Moxley, I would say so. Omega's the face? How? How is he not? He faced by... Because the fact that a he's huge heel promo when Ome- when Moxie went down. God damn, that's true. And this promo tonight was a little bit heelish as well. Yeah. But he's still a member of the elite, and the elite are just all faces at this point. Well, they are, but they've also had some friction between them and between you know the Bucks and Omega. I mean, Ken. they, they kind of settled they kind of settled it last week a little bit with their 
six-man tag. But but really, there's been a lot of abrasion between those guys. The one thing I have really liked about this is that, um, and you're gonna you're gonna frown at this, and and you know some other people probably, um, but we didn't get a young box match this week. You know, we didn't. I, I think there was another week where we didn't have a young bucks match they made their presence known but they didn't have a match there's been a couple weeks with no uh with no kenny omega match i don't think cody outside of that first episode has wrestled on AEW dynamite has he was he i'm trying to he was in a tag match or not but i don't think he was no i think i I don't think it's been all like vignettes and promos right. and you know like, like that four man altercation which was I think was that last week where he, where he went in the stands after where he took uh, MJF's uh scarf and punched through the window yeah yeah that was I think that was last week might have been 2 weeks ago I don't know but they um no it was 2 weeks ago uh, cuz last, oh, yeah, week, last week, week was the con- last week was the whole was the Tony Schiavone thing that you couldn't stand that's right and the in the contract signing and the jumping of uh Dustin in the back and everything so um but i just i i think they've done such an amazing job of not shoving their top talent down our throats they're not on every single week the feuds continue by the way that they do it but santana and ortiz have only been in two matches on a on dynamite tv you know um, jericho has been in what three out of six weeks three or four out of six weeks cody has been in one out of six weeks the box have been in three out of six weeks page has been in four out of six weeks they're doing a great great job of not jamming all these guys down our throats to the point where and that, and that's what you and I wanted. I mean, I mean, we talked um, when you know when it was clear that uh, John Hennigan was going to be available. You know, we were talking right. about like guys like him, and I think there was a couple other guys that we talked about where we were where you were like, you know, I don't want them to I don't want them to add anybody because they've already got a roster the roster they have now. We're we're not we're already going to be like. Um, you know they're already going to be like running, where they have some they have too many people to show every week, and we talked about that. Like, well, maybe they're not going to show them every week. Maybe we're going to get a more spaced out version of a show where we're not going to get sick of these guys, and that's what yeah, they've done so far. They've done a great job of it. They've done a great job of keeping the, the whatever feuds for the pay per view they have are fresh. They're setting up for future pay per views. And they're not jamming these guys down our throats to the point where we're sick of them because we see them every week. They've just done such a great, great job of storytelling and spreading things out and making us want to show up every week because we don't know if we're going to get our favorites every week. No. I mean, I mean, they've, they've done a decent job of announcing what matches are coming <coughs> up. But, like, tonight I had – tonight you had – the only reason I know what match was coming up is because – you told me on Monday night is that we had that tag team main event. Otherwise, I and had that, no idea what was announced for the for tonight's show. And that was because of the um, Raw commercial, the commercial on Raw, and I just oh, happened right. to have Raw on at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I you just think... You I, have, busy, have busy personal lives, and we don't have time to like pay attention to everything that's being announced on the internet and stuff. You know? Exactly. And, I, and that's kind of how I want it. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, having having like a, a big match announced in order to hype the show is great, but I would rather, but I, but you know, seeing a show build organically is also a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and one I love thing, that, and I love that crowd, that sign in the crowd tonight, because 
it's absolutely true at least you know for the first six weeks of their television show for their for their pay-per-views for their free purviews they had on uh br live aew where wrestling matters right because and uh, and I'm not and, I'm not mad at the raw I'm not mad at the uh, you know the fact that they're keeping a win loss record I'm not you know I like the fact that they're running a show with only five matches in a two hour show that's about perfect you're giving all five matches time to breathe time to be what they should be and let these guys tell their stories. And at the same time, you're still getting your vignettes in and you're, um, you know, they're not relying on backstage promos. They're not relying on so much comedy. I mean, yeah, they have it every now and then they have the stupid little things here and there, but there are only three non. There was the interview with Cody or the promo with Cody. There was the vignette with Omega and Moxley. And then probably the greatest vignette I've ever seen with the Jericho in the inner circle. <laughs> I text you a couple Dude, times no, during. No, there that. wasn't. You again, Miss Brandy. <laughs> oh no, you're right. I did. No, I did see Brandy. I did okay. see Brandy. So, so there were there were four. But the Brandy thing was so quick and and sweet. It's just like okay, we're done. See, see, and, and I, I don't know like what's going on the with the Omega beauty and the brain or the brain and the brawn and all that crap. I her drinking that blood and I just don't get that. It's confusing me but um i absolutely see, I, see, loved I felt like the, the uh jericho me, vignette and, and, and the sammy guevara the one that was, like, is you know, quickly and i mean he's been one of my favorites for a long time but he is quickly becoming my favorite he is great in the ring he's great on the mic and the way that he was pumping up jericho talking about how he's a father figure and then he came out and said, yeah, Jericho's in the prime of his career. He's only 48. He's the youngest AEW champion of all time. I thought that was just, that was hysterical and brilliant. I thought the fact that they kept cutting to Jack Hager and he just stood there silently was brilliant. I just, that pro, that whole vignette, I just absolutely loved. Yeah, it was great. And, and I also loved when Chris Jericho said um, something like, you didn't of waking up every day and knowing how great you are. Of course.
Guys, I'm still trying to, trying to get Jeff out of it, but it's just trying to get Skype to work again because because my Skype and his Skype says that I'm not not live, so I don't understand. Well, I'm going to try to add him, even though it says he's not live. We'll see what happens. I mean, Jeff, Jeff tried to call, call me because, well, let me call him. Yeah, this is not working.
Skype. I hate it. Are you there? Oh my god, I did it again. Are you finally there? Something in the background. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I hear you. Oh my god. What in the blue hell happened? Skype, I'm going to say this one more time. I've got a gun. It's loaded. I'm going to kill you again. Can you come kill mine too? Not tonight. Well, not tonight. I'm just saying, you know, maybe another time. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Where were we? How much did you hear of my little we rant? Wanna, we might want to switch. Uh, we might want to do that, that that whole like, uh, you know, unplanned or planned but unplanned murder of mutual women thing too. One of these days. So. No, I'm good with that. <laughs> what are you? Are you talking like a throw mama from the train type scenario? Uh sure. All right, sounds good. I. Sorry, so, Mel. What else did we have to cover on, on, on Dynamite before we talk about uh, the pay-per-view? I don't know. What the hell was I ranting about? I was ranting about something. Did you even catch any of it or did you just no, die? I did, and I, and I had a response to it, and now I can't remember what it was you were ranting about or what my response to it was. So. Was, it about, it was, was it about Jericho's promo and the fact that Jack Hagar was brilliant in that promo by not saying a single word and they kept going back to him? It was. That's right. And then I and then I so I heard all that. And then and then I said, um, and <coughs> and the other great thing about it was Jericho said something like, "You don't know what a burden it is to wake up every morning and think to yourself, wow, am I great?'" Right. <laughs> Such a great vignette, and there was so much going on in it. You know, there was Sammy and his comedy, and I still think the line of the night was easily his. Um, Jericho is only 48 years old. He's the youngest AEW champion ever. I, right. it, that got a pop from the crowd. It got. I was in my living room laughing. I, it just. I thought that was a great line. And every single time they cut to Hagar, and he's just standing there with his arms crossed. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just a brilliant. Watching, uh, my, actually, my wife actually was home for once and watching Dynamite with me. She and she's like, "Isn't he the only AEW world champion?" <laughs> And yeah, I that don't was know. the joke, hon. That was the joke. That that Hagar, just every time they went back to him, and he was just standing there, was such brilliant. And they are doing such a great job with – they're doing a better job with getting him over in five weeks than WWE did in, what, seven years? Something like that. He, he is just an – he's he's an amazing character, and he hasn't said a single word yet. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. Th- when he was the most over in WWE – it was his catchphrase that was over and his manager that was over, not him. You know? Um, tell me you're still there. I'm here, yeah. All right. I was just uh, listening. For once, I shut my mouth and I was listening to you. Um, you know, and, the, and this is another thing that, you know, if you haven't been following AEW over the last five weeks before this episode, you don't realize the immense brilliance of this promo was in that it was completely mocking the, the Cody one from, what, two weeks ago. 
Yeah, right. It, what it really was. It really, really was. Yeah, such a great promo. And I thought the match to end the night was great as well. Um, I thought Sam. I thought Sammy again outperformed everybody in the match. I mean, I want to see him in a one-on-one pay-per-view style match with Omega. I think that would be brilliant. I also well, like I the think, fact you know you talked about Sammy Hagar, or Sammy Hagar, Jake Hagar getting over. <laughs> Sammy and Hagar together. So, um, but Jake Hagar getting over, and you know, I think that with one elbow shot, you know, the now everybody wants to see Hagar versus Omega too. Right. I mean, I just there's just there's so much greatness coming out of this that they they've got storylines built up for the future just out of this one, just out of this last five weeks. I, I'm and I, I know you're probably not, but I'm actually really excited to be a, to see a Joey Janela Sean Spears feud. I think that's a perfect spot for both of them, and I think they can yeah, both come out no, better so on the other hand. Me, you're selling me short because I thought I thought Sam I thought uh, Spears you know was in a perfect type of match tonight for him, and I think that Janelle was a perfect feud for him. I, I think he's going back to the to the beginning like I wanted him to. So right. so no, I don't disagree with you. I do think it's a perfect feud for him. I I, I thought before the higher profile ones were too bi- were too big. I love his personality. I love the because he's had the same like no nonsense personality since we first saw him at uh, at uh, Double or Nothing, where it's just been he's been had this like killer attitude. And there's something about him just sitting on the stage with no music playing in the dark that I I get excited every time I see him because it's so different than everything we've anything we've ever seen before. And the fact that Brandon Cutler mocked his ten was fantastic. That was the that was the highest spot for Brandon Cutler. It was, but let's also talk about the intelligence of the AEW crowd. We didn't see it in this match necessarily, but we've seen it in other Sean Spears matches where they will do the the ten thing when when the wrestlers get encountered out, but then they won't do it for the rest of the show. And that's right. what you know. That's what was killing me in WWE or NXT is that. You know, once he started that ten gimmick, the crowd every time there was a count, the crowd would chant would chant ten all the time. Now right. they only do yeah. it to mock Sean Spears. And and that makes sense. And and it's done better. I can I can see where you'd get annoyed with that because there's been other catchphrases that have like the what catchphrase that went on for a decade. Um, that one was one that just annoyed me every time I heard it. Uh, another. Oh, no, I lost my train of thought. Oh, another thing that stuck out to me is last week, remember how hard Kenny Omega worked to get that Terminator chant going? That Terminator clap? I love the fact that the second he entered the ring, the crowd started the Terminator clap just to show him, hey, we're smarter than the guys last week. You know, you talked about the what chant, and I I just want to say that, you know, on on, uh, the right side of the pond when it first started out, it was like weekly segments of different types rather than, you know, three guys sitting around talking about wrestling. It was, it was like weekly segments. And one of those segments was called Room 101 uh, with Joey Shinobi. And I was on there a couple of times. One of the times I was on there, uh, the idea of the show was that you would bring in three things in pro, in pro wrestling. And if you could convince Joey that they belong in Room 101, then in theory, you would never see them. You'd never see them again. Okay. So one of mine was the what chant. Uh, and this is one episode. So, like, one of them was the What Chant. A second one was Rey Mysterio. And a third one was the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, the, you know, the, the, the big gold belt World Heavyweight Championship. 
And within, I think, like three months of me being on that show, Joey had, Joey, you know, he, he rarely ever allowed somebody to get all three of them in. So, you know, he basically argued like against the what chant. And, you know, he, he allowed me to put the world title in there and Rey Mysterio in there. And within like two months of, two or three months of me putting those guys in Room 101, Rey Mysterio was gone from WWE and the world championship had been retired. So it was pretty awesome. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. I get it. <laughs> So I, so me and Joey have magical powers, is what I'm telling you. Fair enough. Can you, could you have ended the what chance seven years before it finally did? I hated ended that now? show. I haven't heard it in a long time. I like it used to be in every promotion, and I have maybe I don't watch WWE anymore, so you know very rarely. And if I, it's usually while we're doing the show and the volumes down, just to kind of see what's going on. Now that I have no wall here and I can actually do that. Um, but I just, I, I haven't heard it in a very long time. So I don't know if it's still going on or not, but it's not in other promotions. And it used to be everywhere. Fair enough. All right. So, um, you know, I, I think one thing that we, we didn't really, we, we touched on briefly, but we didn't really mention was how strong that women's tag team title, that women's tag team match was tonight. With I, the exception of Freddie Mercury, that mustache. You know, I had no qualms with it. I really like, <laughs> I really like the Portuguese chick. Uh, I don't know what it is about her, but I really, really like her, and I like that. What is is she Havoc? What is, what is her Hagar Hadar? Uh, What's the yeah. Hater? Okay, I I like those two a lot, and I'm, of course, I'm always a Riho fan. Like Riho is just. Uh, just amazing to me. I love everything about Riho. The fact that she's 98 pounds and is able to wrestle the way that she does. And I just, I like everything about her. And I really like those two newbies. I don't know what to think about the mustache. That really kind of turned me off on the whole thing. Well, I don't think we're supposed to care about them. But... What are you yawning for in the middle of the sentence? We were kind of like, well, she's obviously going to lose this match because she's kind of one nobody nobody knows about. And she did lose that first match we saw her in, and now she's won a couple. And it looks like she might be setting up to be the the challenger. She is. It was announced already. It was announced before the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen the card yet? Um, No, I I looked at the card a little bit ago, but um, and, and it said... Um, but the card I looked at said that it was a rumored match, not that it was an official match. All right. Well, it's good that we are, um, you know, th- now's a good time to, I guess, move on to that so we can do our predictions and everything. But um, I like it. There's only six six matches on the card. You know, they're not trying to jam 15 matches in a card. They're only doing six. They've got one pre-match or one pre-show match, and that's B. Priestley versus Britt Brit Baker, which... Honestly, as much as we are annoyed with Britt Baker, I think that would have been a good pay-per-view quality blow-off, but I'm still okay with it being on the pre-show. Yeah, I would have liked to see that actually open the show, honestly, but, but, but you're right. I mean, that being on the pre-show is still a good way to get people to tune into the show and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, then when you look at the actual matches and I don't know what the order is going to be. I mean, the only one that I know for sure, they're doing a good job of keeping the AEW world championship as a main event. And then they got Moxley Omega as the non-sanctioned match after the show, the lights out match. So we got Mox versus Omega and Jericho versus Cody. You know, those are going to be the two headliners. Um, 
then we got the Bucks versus Ortiz, Santana and Ortiz. We knew that. Page versus Pac. We knew that. Pac, Pac, whatever. Uh, Riho versus Sakura. And then uh, SoCal and Censored, Lucha Brothers, and Private Party. So it's looking like a really, really good card. And the more I see Private Party, the more I like these guys. I, I didn't think after their last match I could like them anymore, but I did after tonight. Yeah, that was really fun. And, you know, I, but I'm, I'm really, like, puzzled about Dark Order. You know, I mean, they came in as a big as a big shot, and, you know, they, they won that spot to have the buy in the tag team title tournament. But then they lose in the semis, and now they lose this match, too. It's like, are they going to be a big deal, or are they not going to be a big deal? So I don't know. It's not really going to be a big deal. It's weird, but the other thing that I thought was weird, and I hate to bring it back to this match, what was with um, uh, the hell's name? The 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 other guy, not Uno, but the other guy. Uh, I can't think of his name. I, it's Grayson. Grayson, yes, do Grayson. Um, it looked like he had these, and maybe it was just the color scheme, but underneath his uh, little tight thing wrap whatever he does the trying to look like a caveman underneath it he's got you know regular tights and for some reason maybe it was just the uh, color scheme but it looked like he had half tights on and the breast was his ass hanging out the entire match yeah what the hell was that was it is it his just color scheme or what the hell is that i have no idea i think i think they really need to rethink that whole thing I, I'm I'm watching it, and that's all I could concentrate on every time he was in the ring. I'm like, seriously, dude, your ass is hanging out. You know, I, if he hadn't just signed with Impact, I would say that this is the perfect opportunity for them to bring in like a like a heavy hitter like Ace Romero. That would be you know like a, a part that would be a part to make Dark Order more feared. But you know, I mean, those those guys that come out with him, are, you know, my wife my wife today was like, man, that's that's creepy, and yeah, it's creepy. But there's like nothing to really intimidate you about the Dark Order at this point, and I think they need something, to, somebody to come in and, and, and help, you know, some some big dude to come in there to, to make them more um, intimidating. Because I mean, yeah, Uno is big, but he's but is he really intimidating, or does he just like look like a fat guy in a mask? You know, he looks like a fat guy in a mask that yeah. sits on people. That yeah. sits on he he's doing his best uh, Dalton Castle impersonation. Uh, in that With one, whole, I suppose, yes. In that one, in that one tiny little segment, that's where I was going. Right. Um, yeah, to, to see him, to see him try to preen like a peacock, I think would be very disturbing. Oh God, I want to see it now. <laughs> that's all I want to see. AEW, make it happen. He you needs know, what, to preen like a peacock. What's weird to me about the about the card, and I know you ta- you know talked about this only got six matches, so they're not you know they're not trying to um, cram things in there. But it's weird to me that that Jake Hager doesn't have a match here. You know, I mean, he, he set up you know there was one set up between him and Darby Allen, and one set up between him and Dustin Rhodes. So for him to not be on there at all seems kind of weird to me. That's I mean, the sure, uh, sure that was the Jericho, one. But for him not to have a match seems weird to me. That was the one glaring omission from this card that I felt. I mean, I, I I hate when, and that's one of the big problems with most pay-per-views is they have 25 damn matches, and because of it, we never get to um, we never get to see a real match. 
because they're all rushed. They're all six, seven minute matches. And it's nice that there's certain people missing, but at the same point, how much have they built up Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc over the last three, four months Mm -hmm. for them to not be anywhere near this card, even on the pre-show is a glaring omission. Right. Especially when Darby Allen just had a world title match two weeks ago. Yeah, and and you could also say the same thing for MJF, but I think MJF will come out with Cody, so I don't think that's going to be a big deal. You know. Well, the thing with MJF is he's only had one match in six weeks. He just right. keeps coming out he's with been, Cody, but he's still been out there as a prominent figure. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's pretty much in every Cody segment. And he's, you know, giving his back to Cody and all that. But technically, he's only really had one match. He doesn't have a feud. We don't know for sure if he's with uh, the Elite or not. And pretty much everybody else on the inner circle is busy. Well, no, Navarro's not. He's not on here either. Who's that, Guevara? Guevara's not on this card either. No, he's not. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice that they're going to pay-per-views where they're not jamming everybody down our throats. But at the same time, you wonder where some of these guys going. Guevara has been featured on literally every show. The only show that he didn't... Go ahead. uh, The only show that he wasn't on was that one where they were up in the the stands. Yeah. And the Cody thing happened. True. What I I was going to say is, you know, the other thing is that, you know, we talked about last week that they had to think about that at all tonight. And when I, and when I look at yeah. these cards, I see nothing about judges. So I don't know if they're going with that judge thing or if they just decided to drop it. That was one of the worst explained angles I've ever heard in my life. They never, <laughs> they it never explained. It wasn't explained I, at all. They just you didn't even. We watched the show and they just kind of passingly mentioned it. And I had to explain to you what it was because I happened to see it on Twitter earlier in the week. Right. But it's it's been a non-factor. And I, I mentioned on Twitter last week, and, I, and I'm sticking by it, they are pumping up this uh, uh, real fight feel type thing where wins and losses matter. Well, if wins and losses matter, you don't want to tie. So why don't we go like every other legit sport and have judges fc does boxing does a bellator does they all have judges that judge every match and if it goes the full three rounds or the full 12 rounds or eight rounds or whatever it is they it goes to a judge's decision can i can i call you a dumbass for a second sure because we just argued about two days ago about about what the most boring sports on the planet i said it was football followed by hockey right it was baseball Hockey yeah. and football are the only two major sports that can end in a tie. <laughs> baseball doesn't. Basketball doesn't. But well, basketball. Football, yeah, you're right. Basketball but football doesn't. Football does, and hockey does all the time. So? <laughs> so, so you're arguing uh, that major sports don't end in ties, and your two favorite major, ones do. Major fighting sports. That's not what you said, though. You said major when, sports. When was the last time you saw two people in the middle of the ring beating the hell out of each other for twelve months and at the or twelve rounds and at the end of it they just go, oh, okay, you both win? Uh, it happens all the time in boxing too. You know, you, you no, it doesn't. Three, sure, it does. You have three judges' cards. One one could have it like one fourteen, one twelve. The other for one guy. One have it one fourteen, one twelve for the other guy, and then the middle judge has it one thirteen, one thirteen. So it ends in a draw. I hate you. 
because I'm right? Okay. Yes, dick. <laughs> You've seen that happen a lot, haven't you? I have. Yeah, yeah, I have too. <laughs> so we need four judges. <laughs> and the two of them could have it as a tie. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Stop making logic. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I, I, I'm really liking the way that AEW is presenting itself, the way that they're running people out there and not jamming people down our throats. They're not jamming angles down our throats. They're letting things kind of develop organically. We knew the pack uh, page match had some heat behind it because of the last two encounters, but they've really kept those two apart this entire five weeks. Well, four weeks after the after the first match, until tonight, you know they just cut promos on each other, and then tonight Pack comes out and costs uh, Page a win. I thought it was done, and then disappeared. He just ran away. He was like, "All right, I'm done," and just ran away. I I, I felt like the build to some of these matches has been just perfect. And you know the, the other thing about that I love so much about EW and and you know. It, it was announced, you know, Cody said he wanted to make a project, a, a product that was not PG. And, right. and AEW, and, you know, AEW came out and said, you know, they had a deal with TNT where it was going to be a TV-14 show. You know, and, and what's, one thing Pac mentioned this week is that, is that uh, Paige used the vulgarity last week when he was talking about the cowboy shit. And then this <laughs> week, just... Cody calls Jericho a dick. You know, and it's, and it's like... It, it's, it's it's so much more <coughs> when you when you hear these people talking like you would in real life to somebody, you know. Well, and they, and they've done it. They've done it every week. Jericho did it, and in, in his second week promo after the inner circle came out, you had um, I I can't remember who it was. Moxley did it in his promo last week. Yeah. Uh, there's just and it it was kind of funny to watch uh, Jim Ross go cowboy bleep today. It's like really, guy, come on. We realize you're 95 years old and from the PG era, but come on, <laughs> just say the damn word. But you're right. it's been and it's been every week, and it's not just language. They've pushed the envelope with uh, some of the the violence as well, yeah. which like I've liked. They also showed, they also showed uh, you know the ass of uh, Grayson today. So there you go. Which was. Undeniable. It was terrible. I mean, it was a good match. I like Private Party, but seriously, every time Grayson was in the ring, I just kept going, I can't look at that. Is that an ass crack? No, I can't look. But the entire time he was out there. It's hard watching it, right? Well, yeah, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> you have so many. That is, it's, hard to, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> that is for our Saturday night show. <laughs> we have a Saturday show? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Um, um, no, so so let's so let's uh, and actually you said there was six matches on the card, but but you were wrong. There's only five. No, there's six. Well, there's yeah, because Mox, Moxley Omega is unsanctioned after the lights go out. Exactly, so, so it doesn't count. It's dumb. <laughs> it does not count towards your win loss, so therefore it's not a match. It counts towards the money that is coming out of my pocket. <laughs> oh, did you just decide to say- buy it? No, I, I, yeah, well, of course, because we got to talk about it on Monday, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah, because my wife told me today that I am buying it, so. Oh, you are? 
Okay. Well, come on. Maybe, maybe it's Saturday night or is it Sunday? It's Saturday night. Yeah. Ooh. And I and, and I and I believe um, Imp and I will be going live right afterwards to talk about it. Well, if my other plans fall through, I may be at your house Saturday night. I was actually planning on watching on the replay. Wow, you have plans? Yeah. Maybe. I could. Does anything to do with the text that you sent me earlier? Well, yeah, that's the reason why I might not have plans. (laughs) That's what I figured. So, but yeah, so I, I mean, I, as far as this goes, I think uh, SoCal holds titles. I think Riho keeps the title. I think Paige gets the um, tiebreaker. I think uh, the Bucks, well, no, I think Santana and Ortiz are going to win that one. I think Cody wins the championship and Mox win, beats Omega. There's only, the only thing I'm going to disagree with you there is I think Omega beats Mox. You think so? Okay. But I, but I don't think it matters. And that, it doesn't matter towards the well, yeah. win-loss records. But I think that... Um, oh, no, no. It, it is Mox. Mox, does, Mox is going to beat Omega because then they can continue the whole Omega's on a downslide thing. Yeah, and that that's the reason. Because ultimately, I mean, that match is a coin flip. But I think to continue Omega's little um, storyline that he's going through on the, on the back burner, I think he has to lose this match. Because that will really turn him on the downside. I think Cody wins because he really kind of painted himself in a corner with this I'll never challenge for another AEW title. Come on, Cody. You're in your mid-30s. You're the president of the company. You're never leaving. We all know at some point you're going to challenge for it again. And I just get the feeling they're not going to be like uh, WWE with the, oh, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro have been best friends forever, and that's why they're such a great tag team type shit. No, but they, he could always win like a you know a wild card battle royal or something like that to get a title as well as you know down the road. But he took himself out of the running. He can never challenge again, regardless yeah, of what he wins. It's pro wrestling, you know. There's always a step, there's always a loophole. I just think he's got to win this because he painted himself in the corner, and that kind of annoys me. And I think, but then again, too, I mean. If we're going toward, if we're if we're building for something bigger, and the whole power struggle thing uh, with the inner circle and the elite, is this a good time to take the belt off Jericho? Um, I do because that way you, that way you can, you can trade it back and forth between the two factions. And and plus, I think like, Jer- like I said, I think Jericho going into Wrestle Kingdom should not be holding the AEW World Championship at that. Well, I I agree with that, but at the same time. If you look at the elite, you've got Cody, you've got the Bucks, you got Paige and Omega, uh, MJF, who's probably the least established star of the bunch, and then on the other side, you've got Jericho and RT or and P P and P, which is, you know, they're the t- they're the upper echelon. But unless you've known uh, P and P's work over the last couple of years, really Jericho's the only top guy there. Hagar has his. Um, has his fans but they're still building him Guevara is a, uh, just outstanding and he's been a focal point of every single episode in major matches but he's still kind of an up and coming guy they really need to have something to build the elite up and without Jericho as the champ they lose a lot of steam do they? 
who, what else do they have? I mean, who's going to get behind Santana? You can't, you can't build an upper faction, especially a heel faction, on two guys going after the tag title. Well, no, but I'm, what I'm saying is, Jericho does Jericho losing the championship really take away that much steam from them? He's still it depends. It depends on where they put him. If he's still in the championship picture, and maybe challenges Cody again. While giving these other guys time to improve and maybe getting Hagar into that main event picture, then it's I'm okay with it. But right now, I just don't think that they have enough pull and steam in the company to hold up to the elite. I now the more I think about it, the more I think Jericho has to win this weekend. No, see, I think Jericho does stay in the title picture if he, if, even if the, he loses because that'll be his only loss in the company. Nobody else will have a record capable of challenging Cody for the championship over Jericho. So Jericho wins I mean, that rematch. If he continues his win streak and he and he gets the rematch and you know even if they do the the whole uh, you know I get my uh, contracted rematch stint that you don't really do anymore anywhere else. But even if they went that route and at the next pay per view and they spend the next you know two months building to it. Then yeah, okay, Cody can lose. But if Jericho, if this is a one and done thing and Jericho's not gonna get the shot, in order to have a successful heel faction, you need to have a successful champion. And not just a intercontinental or you know, a mid card or a women's champion or a tag team. It has to be the major guy. And I don't think anybody else in this stable is built up to that yet to where they can replace Jericho as that top guy. I think Guevara could get there, but it's going to take time. I think Hagar is probably the closest to there, but there too. That's going to take some time. They need to build him up as more of a threat than they have already. I mean, he's already a huge threat, but we haven't seen him in the ring yet. We haven't seen him yeah, do but, a match. How much more passion is going to be involved if if the inner circle lose that world championship and they're going to be even, even more bloodthirsty than they have been so far to get it back. You know, they're going to, they're going to have to go straight up. NWO. like you said, you mentioned earlier, we know Cody's young. We know he's in the prime of his career and he's one of the, and he's one of the guys that runs the company and he's one of the biggest stars in the world. He's going to be in that world title picture again. So, so so, he has to win this match literally because he, he painted himself into a corner. He's going to have to win this match somehow, but at the same time, taking that steam away from the inner circle, I think, is a bad idea because they don't have a big enough name outside of Jericho to continue the steam that they have. So he wins the world title, and then three, and then five days later on Dynamite, he loses it back. Okay, that works. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. I think that would be okay. Because, it, and it's just, if Cody hadn't come out and said that, said that one statement, I would have been like, oh, okay, all right, you know, this is the way it should work. But the fact that Cody came out and he's a young guy who's in charge of the company, you know, he's one of the top, top executives in the country, in the company, he's not going anywhere and he's one of the best in the world. Of course, he's going to get title shots down the line. For him to say, I'll never challenge again, come on. You literally just gave us the outcome of the championship match. You know, I thought I thought that he was going to go the other way with it. I thought he was going to say if he, if he 
if he loses the match, then he's, he was going to give up his vice presidency. That would have been great. <laughs> okay, that I would have gotten behind because they could have done a, um, a Flair Bischoff angle with that where Jericho wins the, the vice presidency. And they could have gone a whole different route with that, which I think would have been brilliant. Could you imagine Jericho in charge? Well, he wouldn't necessarily be in charge, but he'd be, but he'd be one of the four guys in charge, and the other three guys would be the elite guys. So it would right. create a lot of dissension in the vice presidents. It would be that. Oh my God, that would have been a phenomenal storyline. That would have been fantastic. That would have been one where I've been like, okay, Jericho, you got to win this match. And maybe that's where they're going. Maybe Jericho does win this match, and then Cody, but he does it in such an underhanded way, and then Cody's like, you know, I need to get that title shot, and then Jericho's like, okay, you know what, I'll let you go back on your word, but if if I, but if you if I beat you this time, I get a I get a your vice president. God, I love that story. AEW, that needs to happen too. We have two things now that need to happen. I forgot what the first one was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, man. <laughs> I haven't you gotten know, any sleep know, in like three uh, days. And you know, I think the tag title match is going to be great. I think the Bucks versus uh, PNP is going to be great. I think the World Title match is going to be great. I think, I think, I think uh, Omega versus um, um, versus Moxley is going to be great. But I'm still looking forward the most to Pack versus Faint for. I am too, especially after that um, match they had on Dynamite. Right. I I saw their one that they had in uh, Europe, in England, and I thought it was good. But after seeing that match they had on Dynamite, I, I am so excited for that one. And I, I honestly, I'm right there with you. I think that's the match that I'm the most looking forward to. I I want to see Moxley Omega. I want to see Jericho Cody. I want to see the Bucks and PNP and, of course, that triple threat match. Because I really want to see, I, I really, really want to see Private Party versus Lucha Brothers again. They had such a great match together. Right. But I, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think Pac versus Page, that's the match I need to see the most. So, so you know, That's all. So guys, so full gear again coming up this Saturday. We just ran down the card for you in our predictions. You know, we basically got the same predictions that going in. I mean, we've given you reasons why you know why each guy has to win the world title match, and I'm gonna stick with Cody winning it. But I would not be surprised if Jericho leaves with the title either. Unfortunately, I gotta stick with Cody because he pointed himself, he painted himself into a corner, and he just needs to. At this point, he needs that win. But if that storyline like you talked about develops, okay, I'm I'm all right with that. I really am. I just think that for him to say that I'll never, ever challenge for the AEW championship again really kind of foreshadowed the end of this match. It almost as badly as the Lucha Brothers and SCU stuff was. I agree with you, but imagine if that imagine if we're wrong. Oh God. That would be because, of course, you know, in, in four or five years or whatever, you know, he might take a step back for a few years, but you know he's going to challenge again at some point, regardless of what the outcome is. Right. But it would be nice. Some it, kind of a weird stipulation where he, he finally gets it, gets his shot at the title again. Maybe. But, but I'm, but I'm Hopefully. fine with him being on the back burner because, you know, you got the young up-and-coming guys. you got Omega. I mean, yeah, you got Omega and you got Moxley. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys there that can be world champion. Cody is such a big star, but he doesn't have to be the champion of that promotion anytime soon. 
No, and a guy that I would really, really, because he has really been the workhorse over the last five five weeks and five six weeks, and every match he goes out and does is just amazing. You know, his match against Cody, his match against Page, his matches, his tag team matches, even tonight is Sammy Guevara. This is a guy who you need to keep your eyes on because he is a future superstar. And we have been saying that since his NWA 70 appearance. But he just gets better and better in his character, in his wrestling, his selling, his offense. Everything just gets better and better every time I see this guy. He is the future of the company. And, And it's weird that I'm saying that right now because we've got so many other guys who we feel are the future of the company, especially people like Jay White and and Paige. But I think Guevara has a chance to be better than all of them. I really, so I, truly do. I was, I was sitting here thinking, thinking like uh, before you even mentioned Paige that I, you know, a year from now, full gear two, if we're if we're watching Hangman Page defend the world title against Sammy Guevara, I'd be very happy. Oh, I would be too. And I think that's something that could easily happen. I think they're both on the upswing, and I truly do believe everything I've seen from Guevara over the last year. This man is the future of the company. He's athletic. He's charismatic. He is, is he's selling matches beyond his years. He's great on the mic when he gets a chance to be. And I just think he is so, so talented. One of the few people, like, I, you know my love for uh, Marty Skrull. I like Guevara more than I've ever liked Marty Skrull. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> That's really crazy. Um, and, and you know, and, and and you know, I since I mentioned Paige, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say that there's only one guy that I would I would rather see in a heavyweight world title match against for Paige to defend against, and he's, and he's not even in the company right now. So. Who's that? Violence at its finest. Oh my God! You and I talked about it's one of the years. We talked about how you know Shane Taylor versus Paige reminds us of, so much of Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Right. It really does. That's another guy I would love to see get some run, but that's a whole nother. That's a story for another day. Right. Any anything else on your plate for this one? No, I, I think that's it. I mean, like, like I said, guys, you know, stay, watch Full Gear, and then Imp and I will be back. We'll be with you right after Full Gear goes off the air on Saturday to talk about it. And if Jeff's over here, I'm sure he'll join in the conversation as well. Oh hell yeah! And uh, otherwise, you guys got us on Monday nights talking about it too. So, um, but make sure our Patreon. You know, had a lot of love this week from the shoutouts we did. Um, Imp. I love your show, man. Keep it up. Uh, Kathy, you know, uh, Ryan and Cliff, you guys are awesome. Thanks for all the support you've given us. But check out our Patreon, uh, you know, patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. Uh, we are going to be getting more stuff up there, hopefully tomorrow night. Um, but, you know, there is going to be some more, more, more content coming while we settle into this uh, two show a week thing. And of course, Twitter, uh, that's well, YouTube, let's go there first. Uh, Kingdom of YouTube.com slash Kingdom of Honor. Go there, subscribe to the channel, like the videos. The more you guys do, the quicker we can actually get to performing live on YouTube. That is something that can happen down the line, but we need the subscribers and the likes to do it. Also, uh, you know, our our Twitter. Um, I'm at Regi Co-op. He's at Zanman. We do all kinds of things. Uh, I'm a lot more active than Zanman is, but we do a lot of stuff on Twitter. You can find us easily 
by using hashtag KOH for Kingdom of Honor or hashtag DAD for Dynamite After Dark. It is uh, on every post that I do. So, you know, follow us on all that stuff. Like it, subscribe it, share it with your friends, and we will love you forever. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm not, I'm not as, act, as, as active on Twitter, but when I do say something, it's obviously profound. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and make sure you make sure you also stay tuned to all the other LOP radio shows. T- tomorrow night, as Jeff mentioned, is Imst LOP Radio Adventure. On Friday is the right side of the pond. Saturday again will be the aftershock for AEW Full Gear. On Monday we'll be with you for Kingdom of Honor. And you can catch all of the LOP radio shows also on Boards of Pain YouTube channel. They're uploaded basically the next day after after they go on. So, um, without any further ado, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. Until then, this uh, is You said a do. What? You said a do. This is Shane saying long days. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff is saying... Goodbye. Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night. Bang. Whoop.